Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. No. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The Catholic Church knows the truth about hell, but the documents are buried deep within the Vatican's secret archive. Written by Connor Phillips and narrated by Owen McCune. Part 5 The frightened shrieks of the other children filled Claudius's ears as the entities plummeted down the chasm. They descended with such speed that the stone walls passed by in a blur. Soon Claudius's eyes stung from the force of the oscillating air, so he shut them and prayed that this nightmare would soon be over. They landed several minutes later on a bed of jet-black rocks. The children whimpered as their eyes were greeted by a pulsating red light. This light was sourceless and clogged the air as if it were a physical substance. Despite the fear clouding his vision like sheets of ice, Claudius remained outwardly calm. He knew that he needed to keep his wits if he ever wanted to reunite with his friends. So he remained thoughtful as the entities lurched forward into the narrow passageway in front of them, inquisitive mind straining to develop an escape plan. This passageway wound deep into the earth and was blanketed by a dense fog. The red light saturated this fog, giving it the appearance of bloody mist. The deeper they descended, the thicker this fog became, until eventually the children were gasping for air. No matter how valiantly they struggled to breathe, though, their lungs remained empty. It was as if the air had been replaced by water and they were slowly drowning to death. Just as the children were moments away from blacking out, the entity shot out of this passageway like speeding arrows and entered a sprawling cavern. In the middle of this cavern towered a black structure unlike any Claudius had ever seen before. Obsidian walls undulated like jagged hills over a yellow acidic lake and were backed by three hexagonal spires that stretched for miles into the phosphorescent air. These spires were dotted with large, barred windows, which shook from the yanking of invisible hands. The entities carried the children across the drawbridge spanning the lake and through the crimson door that served as the castle's entrance. 
Sitting at a desk just beyond the store was a red-skinned man. How many? He asked the entities, bored eyes half-heartedly scanning the children's faces. Twenty-six. The red-skinned man jotted the number down on the parchment in front of him. Thank you. Take them to storage. Without another word, the entities carried them into a hallway behind the desk. This hallway was lit by torches spaced intermittently around the gothic walls, which cast ominous shadows onto the floor like insidious puppeteers. Eventually, they came upon a staircase that wound deep under the floor. The entities carried them down the staircase, two steps at a time, then passed into a vast, dank cellar. The cellar was impossibly massive given its position in the castle, and was filled with black, coffin-like boxes. These boxes were stacked as far as Claudius's eyes could see, and emanated hoarse, guttural screams. Get the boxes ready, said the largest entity to his partners. I'll load them in. The other two entities grabbed armfuls of boxes from a nearby closet and spread them evenly across the floor. The sound of wood scraping across stone mixed with the muffled shrieks, causing the blood to drain from the children's faces. Once the entities were done opening the boxes, they receded into the background with their arms crossed behind their backs like slaves awaiting their next command. After taking a moment to inspect the lids, the remaining entity grabbed the children and stuffed them inside the boxes, leaving only Claudius free from the claustrophobic prisons. Claudius watched in terror as he pounded massive black nails into the lid, then tossed the boxes on top of the nearest stack. The frightened shrieks of the children intermixed with the frantic crying of the other poor souls trapped inside the boxes and soon became indistinguishable. They were like vermin trapped under the floorboards of a dilapidated house. They were completely ensnared by their wooden coffins, which loomed so closely over their panicked bodies they couldn't even raise their heads. Don't you even think of running, said the entity, reading Claudius's mind. You are needed in the inner sanctum. He turned his head towards the other entities. Unload ten boxes and do it quickly. We're behind schedule. The entities hurried over to the stacks, grabbed ten boxes and placed them on the ground. Then they tore off the lids with their bare hands, revealing pale, shivering bodies that barely looked human. Stand up, said the largest entity. His command was met by crazed sobs. He surveyed the pitiful bodies languishing in front of him, then turned around to address the other entities. Hmm. Looks like their minds have spoiled. How long have they been incubating? About six hundred years, he grunted. <laughs> they should still be ripe then. I suppose children are growing feebler. We'll shorten the incubation period to five hundred years and see how they fare. Yes, sir. Grab them and follow me. Claudius was lifted into the air by a rough, fetid hand, which gripped his ribs so tightly he feared that they might crack. To his left and right dangled two children whose faces had gone blank from insanity. Their eyes were shriveled and crossed, and their tongues had been chewed down to pulpy stumps. It took all the energy that Claudius could muster to remain calm. Panic threatened to overtake his every breath. He imagined having to suffer inside the castle for an eternity, 
and blinked back the tears forming behind his eyes. Eventually they came upon a glowing crimson door, even more massive than the one that fronted the castle. Standing beside this door was a red-skinned man holding a wrinkled scroll. You're late, he said, eyeing the largest entity. Apologies, there were some delays. You know he hates being kept waiting. The entity cast his gaze towards the door. Regardless, I can see you've brought him quite the catch. He smiled at Claudius. I have. May we enter? You may. The red-skinned man snapped his fingers. Behind him, the crimson door spluttered to life and swung open on groaning hinges, revealing a colossal chamber. In the middle of this chamber towered an imposing black throne on which sat the most beautiful man Claudius had ever seen. The moment this man saw Claudius and the other children being carried into the chamber, he grinned. Part 6 Never had Claudius felt so violated than as the grinning man's yellow eyes stroked his flesh through the shadows. He felt like a prized cattle standing in front of a butcher who, at any moment, would raise his knife and sever his jugular. Only the grinning man wanted his soul instead of his meat, and for what purpose, Claudius shuddered to think. Bring them closer, said the grinning man. I want a better look at them. The entities heaved Claudius and his companions across the chamber. Their arms constricted from the force of their combined weight, sending the air blasting from Claudius's lungs. After performing a series of prostrations, the entities sat the children down on the black stones beneath the grinning man's feet. The grinning man's jagged throne loomed menacingly over their heads, making Claudius feel dizzy. Wonderful, he continued. They're perfect, especially him, he pointed at Claudius. We only find a child with a soul as powerful as this one every millennium. Where is he from? Petra, said the largest entity. He's a new arrival. Interesting. It's been many long years since a Petron has walked through these doors. Claudius's skin writhed under the grinning man's gaze. He wanted nothing more than to flee from the chamber, but his legs felt lethargic and boneless beneath him. Thank you, master, said the entity. That's why I skipped his incubation period. I figured that you would want to see him immediately. You thought right. By the time I'm through with him, he'll be one of my most powerful servants. The walls of this castle will tremble from the simple uttering of his name. He leaned forward on his throne and addressed Claudius. Don't look so gloomy. Your life has a purpose now and one far grander than any you can find in Rome. He rose to his feet. Enough conversation. Let's begin. The grinning man strode across the chamber with such force, the walls shook. His body grew with each step he took. By the time he reached the children, Claudius had to strain his neck just to see his face. Claudius watched in horror as his hands morphed into black, withered claws. 
These claws had disease-ridden orifices languishing in the middle of their palms, which pulsated with a menacing darkness. The darkness tainted the surrounding air and filled the chamber with a sordid haze. After taking a few moments to survey the children with his yellow eyes, the grinning man grabbed two of them with hooked talons and dragged them across the chamber. They screamed as their bare feet slid across the coarse stones, breaking their toes and lacerating their skin. What happens next to these poor children turns my stomach. How can such meek and innocent souls be forced to endure such blasphemies? Tears fill my eyes as I write this, for even the memory of their experience burdens my heart with dread. Once the children were only inches away from his feet, the grinning man reared back his arms and consumed their heads with the orifices of his palms. The children's bodies heaved and quivered as their faces were caressed by the darkness. The grinning man's face trembled with ecstasy as the children struggled to free themselves from his suction-like grasp. Their struggles only caused them to sink even deeper into his orifices, though, until eventually their necks passed into the exotic pits. Chills rippled across Claudius's body as their guttural screams sliced through the air. No matter how badly he wanted to help them, though, he knew that his attempt would end in disaster. The grinning man now towered twenty feet into the air. Not even the strength of ten men could overpower him. All he could do was sit there on the stones and wallow in despair as his companions descended into oblivion. The ensnared children floundered as first their torsos were consumed by the orifices, and then their legs. If it wasn't for their panicked shrieks reverberating through the chamber, Claudius would have thought that they had been completely eviscerated. Several agonizing minutes later, the grinning man raised his hands into the air. His orifices opened with an ear-splitting snap, revealing two red-skinned men. Their faces were remarkably similar to that of the two children's, but their bodies were supple and strong. Your transformations are complete, said the grinning man. You may serve in my kingdom for the rest of eternity. Leave now and attend to the duties that I have bestowed upon you. The red-skinned men bowed and exited through the crimson doors. Now that the children had witnessed what would soon be their fates, they started sobbing uncontrollably. Even the cross-eyed children beside Claudius, whose minds he thought had fallen entirely dormant, wailed at the sight of the grinning man's dripping orifices. Only Claudius remained calm. His mind reeled from the effort of developing a means of escaping. No matter how hard he tried to think of suitable ideas, though, every time his eyes locked onto the grinning man's sadistic face, all of his epiphanies vanished into the putrid air. The grinning man grabbed two more children and consumed their bodies with his palms. These poor victims struggled even harder than the previous unfortunate souls. Their limbs jettisoned through the air like severed tentacles, and their screams reached such volume that their larynxes ruptured with an audible tear. But then the grinning man raised his arms once again into the air, and their screams morphed into joyous laughter as their bodies donned new flesh. Claudius watched in terror as the grinning man turned all of his companions into red-skinned men. Their cries wound through the air like animals being slaughtered, and were only silenced when their tormentor released his hold on their emaciated frames and sent their new bodies trundling through the crimson doors, hive minds kowtowing to his hypnotic commands. 
when only Claudius remained, the grinning man banished the entities from the chamber and regarded him with ravenous eyes. It's only you and I now, he said. Don't be afraid. I have such sights to show you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Part 7 Claudius screamed as the grinning man wrapped his claws around his head and lifted him into the air. Pain exploded in his spine from the strain inflicted on his neck, but he resisted the urge to cry. He didn't want to give the grinning man the satisfaction of watching him suffer. When Claudius reached the base of his eyes, the grinning man paused. Yellow dominated the entirety of Claudius's vision. The grinning man's irises glowed like torches in front of him and radiated such heat that the saliva evaporated from his mouth. No matter how badly he wanted to look away, though, his gaze remained transfixed on the yellowness swimming before him, as if he were hypnotized. Brace yourself, said the grinning man, for your transformation will be an arduous process. When it's complete, your power will be only second to my own. Not even the angels in heaven will dare test your strength. Claudius's limbs went numb as an unseen force constricted his body. This sudden relaxation of his muscles caused his bowels to release and his arms to spasm. He couldn't even blink his eyes, much less struggle as the luminosity of the grinning man's gaze intensified and sent bright dots dancing across his pupils. The brightness of the grinning man's irises increased to the point Claudius feared he would go blind. Dark spots slid across his eyes like flowing lava and were only broken up by patches of yellow and red. If his throat didn't feel like it had been stuffed with pounds of cotton, he would have screamed. Just as what remained of Claudius's vision was about to tumult into darkness, a tearing sound exploded above his head and he and the grinning man went soaring into a shadow-filled room. Chained to the walls of this room were creatures so grotesque they made Claudius' stomach reel. Pus oozed from the pores of their yellow skin, and their faces were jagged and angular, as if their skulls had been partially crushed. Don't be frightened, said the grinning man. These are my children. They won't harm you. The creatures howled at the sound of the grinning man's voice, like hounds reunited with their long-absent master. Immediately after their cries died in their throats, they pulled against their chains with all of their might in an attempt to free themselves. Luckily, the black metal held firm. They're soulless. That is why their behavior is so erratic. If the grinning man's claws weren't wrapped around his shoulders, Claudius would have bolted from the room. Never before had he witnessed such psychotic behavior. The creatures writhing in front of him would have torn each other to shreds if their chains weren't so powerful. Instead, they eyed each other hungrily through the darkness, as if they were fighting to prove their ferociousness to the grinning man. They can sense your soul, 
It has been many centuries since one of their siblings has received such a profound gift, and they are desperate to tear away your flesh. Worry not, though. I won't allow them to succumb to such base behavior. I'm a civilized man. Your union will be controlled and deliberate, as tradition demands. Claudius cringed as the grinning man's claws dug deeper into his flesh. Blood poured from his wounds in crimson streams and plastered his tunic to his back. The copper scent of his blood sent the creatures spiraling into a frenzy. They struggled against their chains with such force, dust rained down from the ceiling. They then howled like feral dogs fighting over a bone as they sniffed the air. But then the grinning man said something in a language Claudius had never heard before. And they all fell silent. They're growing restless. Pick the one you want to merge with, and we will begin. Claudius stared down at the ground. Like the fabled Spartans of Greece, he had accepted his death and refused to either struggle against or aid the grinning man as he performed his demented ritual. Silence will not save you. If you refuse to choose, then the contest will decide your fate, as it has countless souls before you. Claudius remained silent. Still you abstain? Fine. Let the contest proceed. The grinning man dripped a pool of Claudius's blood onto the middle of the floor with a hooked talon, then snapped his fingers and released the creatures from their chains. The creatures threw themselves at one another like rabid wolves. Black blood cascaded through the air and splattered against the wall as their teeth ripped flesh from bone. Only their guttural howls could be heard over the incessant tearing, which ripped through the air like cacophonous banshee shrieks. Eventually, their teeth found each other's throats and sent their howls tumbling out of the open wounds in their necks. Black blood poured down their bodies in viscous rivulets, making their withered yellow skin look like rotten viper husks in the shadows. The grinning man's claws tightened around Claudius' shoulders and nearly sliced through his tendons. Claudius hardly noticed the pain, though, for his attention was consumed by the malicious menagerie wreaking havoc in front of him. As the fight wore on, the brutal violence became too much for Claudius to bear. Not even his monumental bravery could influence him to continue watching as the creatures devoured each other's limbs with teeth sharper than tempered steel. So he closed his eyes and tried to imagine that he was back home in Petra, laying beneath the trees behind his home or running through the meadow beyond the village outskirts. When the gruesome sounds finally ceased several minutes later, he opened his eyes. Crouched in the middle of the chamber was a single creature whose mouth was caked with the gore of his siblings. Its yellow eyes stared longingly at him as if it could already taste his soul. We have a match, said the grinning man. And what a match it will be. Your union will shake the pillars of heaven and cause even God to tremble. Part 8 Claudius closed his eyes as the grinning man tightened his grip on his shoulders. He could feel his putrid breath crashing against the back of his neck like furnace fumes, and resisted the urge to gag. 
The surviving creature clambered forward through the shadows. Black blood oozed from its lacerated skin as it crawled on all fours across the colorless stones, clawed hands reaching for Claudius like spectral knives hurtling through a pool of murky water. Don't resist, said the grinning man. Only a handful of souls have had the privilege of merging with one of my sons. You're receiving a marvelous gift. Claudius shivered as the creature wrapped a blood-smeared hand around his ankle. His shin exploded with pain from the force of its grip, which was tight enough to crumple steel. A bond has been made. Your souls will soon intertwine. Tales of your union will echo through hell for an eternity. Claudius screamed as the skin surrounding the creature's claw turned black. His nerve endings writhed as an alien sensation spread rapidly across his leg, which felt like dozens of hornets simultaneously jamming their stingers deep into his pores. Before his mind hardly had time to register, much less rationalize, the decomposition of his skin, the creature's hand began to sink deep within the blackened husk that had once been his leg. Such pain accompanied this sudden merging, he would have blacked out if it wasn't for the adrenaline pumping through his veins like gelatinous opium. For the first time since entering the nightmarish chamber, Claudius offered up a desperate prayer to God. Although, like all men, he was a sinner, surely his sins weren't deserving of such brutal punishment. He was only a child, after all. Did God not pity the innocent and reward the faithful, like in the Bible passages his mother read to him before bed? Despite the urgency of his prayers, Claudius's pitiful pleas went unanswered, and the creature wrapped its other claw around his arm and dragged him to the ground. The force of the creature's pulling shattered his collarbone and sent stars dancing across his tear-stained vision. He grimaced as shards of bone went tearing through his flesh, causing warm blood to spill down his chest. This pain was quickly forgotten, though, as the creature's arm began to merge with his own, creating a sensation so detestable his heart rate tripled. Claudius tried to pull away from the creature spluttering before him, but his struggles did nothing but hasten the merging of their limbs. His arm and leg were now entirely consumed by its yellow flesh, and his face was no more than two feet away from its snarling mouth. It was as his eyes locked onto the bloodshot corneas of his assailant that he first felt an insidious presence slithering through his consciousness. This presence felt inhuman and evil, as if it were an extension of the creature's sordid aura. Claudius's vision darkened as his soul became tainted with his twisted presence. He could sense its vile thoughts as clearly as his own and trembled as a single word dominated his awareness. Mate. The creature grabbed his arm and yanked him on top of his body. Their skin formed a singular black mass that hissed and gurgled as his pale skin melted from his bones. Despite the agony threatening to tumult his sanity into oblivion, he ignored this pain, for all he could focus on was the demented consciousness overtaking his own. Just as what remained of his soul was moments away from being consumed by the creature, a searing red light erupted in the chamber. This light exploded the grinning man's eyes and sent him plummeting to the ground. Floating in the middle of this light was a faceless black mass that had undulated across the stones in spasmodic leaps. Although this shadowed silhouette possessed arms and legs, 
It was clearly inhuman and exuded such malice that it made the creature writhing on top of Claudius look like a newborn pup. Master, said the grinning man, black blood splashing down his cheeks. Your arrival comes as a surprise. A booming voice echoed through the chamber. This voice was pure bass and spoke such a vile-sounding language that each syllable constricted Claudius's lungs. The grinning man bristled as this voice washed over him, then struggled to his feet. I, I don't understand, he said. The children were promised to me. Why interfere? The booming voice uttered a single sound with such authority that it sent the grinning man plummeting back to his knees. Yes, master, I understand. Please forgive my insolence. The boy is yours to do with as you please. The grinning man snapped his fingers. Claudius's limbs were released from the creature's hold. He breathed a sigh of relief as the creature's tainted presence flooded from his spirit and he regained full control of his consciousness. His relief didn't last long, though, for a few moments later he was lifted into the air by an invisible force and went careening headfirst into the black mass dominating the chamber. Darkness flooded Claudius's entire being. Scalding tendrils of pure blackness snaked across his body, burning his skin and filling his mouth and nose with a fetid stench. Never before had he felt such despair. The black mass writhing around him radiated cruelty, like burning coal does heat, robbing him of all mobility. All he could do was languish in the air as his life force leapt from his deteriorating body. Just as he was about to scream from the agony splitting his nerves, a malicious presence entered his consciousness and silenced his scream inside his throat. The presence felt exponentially more powerful than the creature's and filled him with despair. He tried to resist this presence as it infiltrated his spirit, but his struggles were pointless. He could no more combat such unspeakable evil than a fly can a titan. So he relinquished his soul to the blackness billowing around him like biting hurricane winds and shuddered as what remained of his awareness was buried under a mountain of hatred and wickedness. The last thing he remembered before regaining consciousness in Petra was a booming voice endlessly repeating the same message inside his head. God is dead. By the time Claudius finished his account, night had descended over Petra and my ink pot was nearly empty. The pulpit was illuminated by a single candle, which sent our shadows cascading into the first row of pews. I leaned back in my chair, trying desperately to rationalize such a harrowing interview. No matter how hard I pondered the child's words, though, my face remained visibly shaken. I felt like my faith had been irreparably tarnished. How could I believe in a god that allowed such cruelties to be inflicted on his faithful children? If the results of my experiments are accurate, which I believe them to be, then we must come to terms with a simple truth. Hell is coming for us all. God is not as merciful as he appears to be. Simply believing in his righteousness is not enough to cleanse us of our sins. Man has fallen into a pit far too deep to climb out of, and I fear that he will languish there for the rest of eternity. With this frightful revelation reverberating incessantly through my mind, I escorted Claudius and the other children back to their homes, then drifted off into a light sleep plagued with brutal nightmares. When I awoke the next morning, all of the Petran children were missing.
The chapel had also been desecrated. Slaughtered goats and cattle were strewn across the pews, which were swarmed with buzzing flies. Scrawled below the cross towering above the pulpit was a single message written in blood. God is dead. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.